All right, y'all, we're talking winners and losers of the offseason so far, including the bowl game, including the transfer portal, including the coaching additions. Who in the Minnesota Golden Gophers program can be seen as winners and losers thus far? You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name's Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now, I know yesterday we didn't have a show on Monday. It has been a busy one, folks, and I am glad to be back, but I will be making up for yesterday's missed show by adding another one in later this week, so don't worry, we'll get you caught up there, but today we are talking about something fun, something new, something we haven't done before, and that's talking about winners and losers of the offseason for the football program so far, and We got some interesting takes today. We got some interesting thoughts. I want to know who you think are your winners and losers for the Gophers football program so far down below in the comments on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and then hit like so others can see the podcast as well and leave a five-star review wherever you get podcasts, whether that be Spotify, iTunes, Apple Pods, Stitcher, you name it. Find us at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Now, let's wait no further. First, the show is brought to you by a brand new sponsor in FanDuel. Make every moment more. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Now, like I said, we're talking about three winners, three losers, in the offseason thus far for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. So let's do the fun check-in with the official transfer portal window closing last week and the Gophers team now having a full staff. And who were three winners and losers? Let's talk about it. Uh, Let's see. Let's start off with... We're going to start off with winner, then a loser, then a winner, then a loser. We'll go every other so that way we keep it going with some positivity and maybe some some questioning, some challenging. So first off, winner number one, hands down, without a doubt, is absolutely Ethan Kaliak Manis. This one was the easiest by far. He was pretty straightforward. You got Crab coming back. You've got Brevin Spanford coming back. You've got Daniel Jackson showing out in a bowl game and throughout the season in bits and flashes. And then you've got six wide receivers joining the room, three running backs joining a room and a tight end. Now, why do I say six wide receivers? Well, so you've got uh, Corey Crooms, you've got Elijah Spencer, both transferring in. On top of that, you have Kenrick Lanier, TJ McWilliams, Danielle Hayes, there's your five that most people know about coming in. And then Pierce Walsh, who was initially a tight end in the high school 2023 class, has been listed on the official Gophers page as a wide receiver. So that's why we're at six there. Then you've got Sam Peters for Maple Grove coming in at tight end. And then three running backs joining the room with Darius Taylor, Marquise Williams, and Sean Tyler. So 
that's a whole lot of extra skill players coming in and all of them have pass catching ability, including the running backs. They're not just uh ground and pound running backs, not the type that can't get involved in the passing game. In fact, all of them have heavy passing experience, whether that be at their time at Western Michigan with Sean Tyler or Darius Taylor previously playing slot receiver and being heavily involved in his passing game or Marquise Williams having a ton of passing experience as well in his high school career, 700 receiving yards, 10 receiving touchdowns. They've all done it. And so you're talking about Ethan Manis, who's probably one of the most talented quarterbacks that you've had in the program in quite some time, getting six brand new skill set players to join the rooms on top of one of the best ones in the room returning Let's say three of the best ones in the room returning with Crab, Brevin Spanford, and Daniel Jackson. All of that is a lot of excitement and definitely makes him a winner, but that's not where it stops. In fact, he has a new play caller as well, and that will hopefully, a play caller that'll be more aggressive and hopefully more balanced moving forward. So that is an additional bonus for him. On top of that, they just added an offensive analyst in Coach O'Hara from Ohio State who had worked with Brian Brian Hartline and Brian Day last season. So he, you've got different thought processes, different ideas coming in to this program from a team that also was just high-powered, heavy passing most often in Ohio State, something we've seen from them year in and year out. And now... You get that idea, you get Matt Simon as the new play caller, you get all those new weapons, hands down, hands down the easiest winner. There's literally no possible way for Ethan not to have been the biggest winner for this cycle, and everything is pointing towards going all in on the young quarterback, going towards his skill set, building around him, and I'm excited for that moving forward. Now, with every winner, we've got to have a loser. And the biggest loser in this one, I've put a tandem on here, and that is Trey Potts and Bryce Williams. They're running backs that have been productive in this offense, that have had opportunities for multiple years in this offense. And then when Mo Ibrahim is leaving, you would think, oh, well, maybe they'll get their shot. But that's not really 100% the case. In fact, you could say there's a completely clean slate when it comes to the running back room because you've got a new running back coach and a new running back coach means new energy in the room. It means seniority and what has happened, what has been developed, what has been established holds no real weight anymore. It's a clean slate. You got to prove who you are and what you do right now in the now in the spring immediately and proving that early and proving that now will get you more looks in the spring and then get you more opportunities in the beginning of the fall and get you looks to try and get on the field earlier. So all of that basically means that, yes, you have some some credits, you have some credentials in the program, but it doesn't really mean anything at this point because anything is up for grabs in this offense, especially when they're bringing in a new graduate transfer running back on top of two highly talented true freshmen coming in and you just had a redshirt freshman who looked fantastic in the spring fall and in the bits of the one game he did play last season 
you've got all of that and no no history that makes it really hard for me to believe that those guys are going to win the starting job or even be at that top of the line top of the pecking order to start the season I truly think spring ball is going to show a lot of cards when it comes to the running back room and how the Gophers are going to move forward after Mo Ibrahim. And I think it could be that in that second transfer portal, we see some people leave from this room. And if that is the case, I think the most likely options could be Trey Potts and Bryce Williams. So I see them as the biggest losers of this offseason. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't get it any time. That doesn't mean they can't get opportunity. That doesn't mean they can't show up and be the guys because they can. If they show up, they win the job, they get the number one looks. That's what it is. You went out there, you did the thing, and you earned it. Can't even be mad at that. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be a fight, and it means that everything you've built on so far, the knowledge and the skill set might help you, but it doesn't mean that it holds any weight. Now, you talk about all that, and you talk about the the youth and the movement to maybe want to look at a guy like Darius Taylor who is getting offers from Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and more beyond that. He had, I believe, over 30 offers. And then you look at another talented back in Marquise Williams who was seeing offers from Penn State. Uh, I believe he had one from Purdue. I mean... Those guys had real, legitimate, committable offers and decided to go to the Gophers. The Gophers were fending people off of Darius Taylor all the way up until he signed the papers. If you don't think that they're going to try to find ways to really see that talent early, get that talent on the field early, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it looks like it will be projected that way i'm not saying he's going to come in and be mo right away but i think he'll get looks as a true freshman especially when he's coming in as an early enrollee and you have a clean slate you have a clean slate so it'll be interesting to see that's absolutely for certain and i think the reps that they see in this spring camp will obviously tell the players themselves where they lie in the pecking order once you hit the spring game what is the deal where am i at and how do I move forward? So I think this spring session is going to tell us a lot with the running back room. And so that is number one. Now, before we dive into winner number two and loser number two, I got to talk to you about our friends who bring you this show today. New sponsor, FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sport book in America and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting easy and fun. So new customers can get started today with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first bet of $5. So you place a bet of $5 and you get $150 guaranteed whether you win or lose. That's free money, folks. It's free money. I don't know if I told you, if you were told you get free money, why wouldn't you give it a try? So sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on and FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout in a same game parlay. Now, 
all of it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans don't miss out. Place your $5 bet today to get $150 in free bets, win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. All right, Gophers fans, thank you so much for making Locked On Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Golden Gophers. And I want to know who you think the winners and losers of the offseason are, but I also want to know what you want to hear moving forward with the football team. Do we want more recruiting thoughts? Do we want more guests on here? Do we want more, you name it, I'm going to make it happen. So I need you to drop your thoughts in the comments below on YouTube, or feel free to DM us on Twitter at LO Golden Gophers to make sure I know and I'm getting you the content that you want as a community here with Locked On Golden Gophers. And if you haven't yet, hit subscribe, drop a like, and then comment below what you want to hear moving forward in the offseason. Now, we're moving on to winners and losers of the offseason so far. Our winner number two, another tandem, is Darius Green and Coleman Bryson, both safeties coming in. Now, why are they winners? Well, they had no real or immediate threats come in at the safety position opposite of Tyler Newbin. Tyler Newbin is coming back, and you love to see that. But one of these two guys is going to start across from him, most likely. Most likely. There's always a chance somebody else could sneak in there. But one of these two is most likely going to start across from him, and the other is probably still going to get looks in the season. So no real upperclassmen or threats to the starting position were brought in. Now, I know some people might look and see Jack Henderson and be like, well, they added a safety, so why won't he play there? Well, it's already been discussed and openly discussed that he'll likely play more of that nickel position that we saw Flip Dixon play, who was also a safety. Um, And that's been addressed. That's been talked about before he even came in officially from the transfer portal. So he knows that's the role that they're looking at for him. Thus, it won't be that true safety starting position that that Howden leaves open as he goes. Now, the only immediate person coming in as a safety is true freshman Kerry Brown. I believe he is an early enrollee as well. So he'll be going through the spring program. But I still think it's a big learning curve like we saw from Coleman Bryson, who was touted in the fall camp as really picking things up early as possibly being a guy who could get involved right away. And then we only really saw him in two games. So two or three, he got some early minutes, but he was able to keep his red shirt, I believe. So I think you could see something similar with Kerry Brown, depending on how quickly he picks it up, how how much of an impact he makes right away from the jump, or Kerry Brown could be a guy who sees more time after Newbin makes the jump to the NFL after this next season. So I think Darius Green and Coleman Bryson are the biggest winners of the offseason, especially on that side of ball. And we saw that not only did not that extra competition not come in, but how they closed off the year definitely makes them a winner in this category as well because it gave them some shine. It gave them some reps. It gave them some moments to move forward and spring into the offseason with. Now, Coleman Bryson balled out in the bowl game he won the mvp of the bowl game and that was his first start his first start in the entire program and he won an mvp of a bowl game that's the potential you like to see his pick six was massive for the gophers and 
I am excited for the talent that he brings moving forward. Now, it wasn't just him because Darius Green went out there and laid the smackdown. I'm not even going to lie to you. This dude hits with impact. He goes out there and he lays it on the line. And he showed that not only in the bowl game, but also against Wisconsin at Camp Randall, where we returned the axe back home for back-to-back years. Darius Green looked really nice out there. He performed well. He made tackles. He wasn't really missing tackles. And he was really in the right place at the right time, making his presence felt. So both of those guys are going to get opportunities moving into 2023. And I think they're both winners of the offseason. Now, moving over to loser number two of the offseason, and I'm not calling him a loser, like, ha, loser. I'm just saying the opportunities might have dropped, the the future that might have looked brighter might have gotten a little dimmer. That's all I'm saying. Like, they're, they have to fight through more to see the work that they've done or the opportunities that they want come to fruition. Just wanted to clarify that. But loser number two of the offseason for me, in my opinion, is Jameson Gears. I'm happy that Brevin is back. You're happy that Brevin's back. The coaching staff is happy that Brevin is back. He will likely be one of the top tight end prospects in the nation for the class of 2024. That all said, that's a tough thing for Jameson Gears, who may love that Brevin Spamford is coming back for their tight end room as well and being all together once again. But it limits him in the opportunities that he will get on the field in 2023. Now, with three years of eligibility remaining starting right now, that means 2023 is one of them. So by the time Brevin Spanford makes the leap to the NFL, there's going to be two years of eligibility left. Now, that's still enough eligibility to make a name, make an impact, and do something for yourself. But it is one year less than maybe what he was thinking he was going to have. Now, on top of that, you've got Brevin's fan Ford coming back. You've got Nick Callerup coming back. Both of them were graded as top five tight ends in the entire nation when it came to PFF. They're both coming back, and it would be hard-pressed, super difficult to imagine that they wouldn't get the same usage or even more usage with their successes that they put on the field. So that doesn't leave a lot of room or opportunity for Jamison Gears or any of the other tight ends, young tight ends in this room. Now, Jamison Gears is the one that I list because he is the one that has been talked about in the off seasons, has seen a little bit of traction, a little bit of hype moving forward and excitement for what he can do. But again, that's going to probably be put on hold moving forward until we get to something like 2024, barring any injuries. Hopefully there are none for the Gophers. So Jamison Gears plays a similar role to what Brevin Spanford does, and this sets him back another year, but also incoming tight end from state champion Maple Grove. Sam Peters also could be seen in that similar role, depending on how quickly he develops, depending on what he puts on film, what he puts in the locker room, what he puts in the strength and conditioning programs, et cetera, in his true freshman first year where he'll probably redshirt But say he pops off, say he impresses. That's another guy competing with Jameson Gears after this 23 season heading into 2024. And if he somehow makes even a case to split minutes, split the role that Brevin Spanford is going to be leaving behind eventually with Jameson Gears, again, it's just opportunity that could be dwindling away. So that's why I said that he was loser number two of 
the offseason. Nothing says that playing tight end later or later at the position doesn't happen, and it definitely does. I mean, tight end is a position that can develop late throughout the college process. Even in the NFL, it can develop later as they go. But it definitely limits his opportunity if he is hoping to get more opportunities in general moving forward. Now we've got two last people to talk about one winner one loser that's how we're going to close off the show and that's what's coming up next all right we're closing off with our final winner and our final loser our first and far not first our last and final winner of this offseason is the youth at offensive line that includes Cade mcconnell ashton beers tony nelson even Greg Johnson, Reese Tripp, those guys that are getting early enrolled and into the spring programs quicker, they all are winners in my book because there are three starting spots on this offensive line on the interior, at the left guard, at the right guard, and at the center with Filiaga leaving, with uh, Rushmeyer leaving, and with Jonathan Michael Schmitz, John Michael Schmitz leaving. So three starting opportunities open and with an elite offensive line coach that is continuing to make this unit one of the best in the country, that's exciting for any of these young guys because if they're able to scrap, able to fight, and able to take on a starting spot, that could be a starting spot that they see for years to come, that they continue to develop, that they continue to push and strive and get to where some of our past O-linemen have gone to the NFL. Daniel Falalele, John Michael Schmitz is on his way soon. Blaze Andrews has a UDFA contract with the Dolphins. Like these guys are getting opportunities. Sam Schluter was working with this 49ers. I haven't kept up to see if he's still on the practice squad with them, but the opportunities are there. These guys are getting looks at the NFL and we could see the next ones coming through. Now the next two to get any opportunity could be Ariante Ursary and Quinn Carroll, who are the only two starters returning. But, Whoever fills these three roles could get looks as well. That's all I'm saying. So that's why they all are considered winners in my book. Now, each of these young guys will at least have the opportunity to bust their tails off this offseason and put in the work to get one of those three starter spots. But you've got guys like Carter Shaw, Nathan Bowe, JJ Gaudet, Martez Lewis, and more who could end up taking the starting opportunities. And it gives these young guys a chance to fight and scrap and prove that they should be in the starting line sooner rather than later. Now, even if Bo or even if Shah do win a job next season at that center and left guard position where they both were, I believe, the first reserves in line if any injuries were to happen last year. Now, Nathan Bo got some game time looks with John Michael Schmitz out for a bit, with Chuck Filiaga even out, he bumped in at the right guard. So Nathan Bo could see himself in line for a starting opportunity and his final year of eligibility. But that's just the thing. Both Shaw and Bo are in their final years of eligibility. So even if they lock in one of those roles, these young guys could really be slating themselves to step into that starting role if they can, again, scrap, fight, prove on the improvements to show why you should be the number one guy behind these guys so the second that if they do take the starting spot the second they leave it's yours you're the leader of the packing order ready to jump in 
So I think that all these young guys have a chance to really scrap for three huge positions on this offensive line because Arianta Ersery has three years left, and he's probably going to be starting left tackle all three of those years, being one of the most talented left tackles, one of the most talented offensive linemen when it comes to natural ability that P.J. Fleck has worked with in his time. I think Arianta Ersery has that job on lock. Quinn Carroll started all last year through struggles, through some ups, through some downs. He held down the position the entire year I would be hard pressed to believe that he wouldn't then keep the position or at least be a starter somewhere on the offensive line now he has played inside before the Gophers could kick him inside to the right guard position now that Chuck Filiaga is gone and have Martez Lewis who whom he competed with for the right tackle position bump out to right tackle and have that be the new starting where uh Carroll's at the right guard Martez at the right tackle, but we didn't see that in the season last year. Now, you could say that's because Quinn Carroll was so determined at fighting and scrapping and learning the right tackle position that you wouldn't want to bump him in with the different roles and with the different outlooks that they have for their offensive linemen to make it any more complex for him because he was still learning on the fly as we went. We'll see. We'll see what the offseason has, but Overall, the offensive line still looks like it'll be in good hands and in good shape moving forward. Martez Lewis also has three years left. So if he gets in there and gets a spot, like these are spots that will probably be locked down for quite a few years. Carroll has two years left. He still has two years left from this moment right now. So once you get locked in in these spots, if it's not Carter Shaw, if it's not Nathan Bowe, you're probably going to have the job on lock for quite some time. So we'll see what happens there. But I think overall, the youth on the offensive line has a huge opportunity in front of them. And that closes us with our final loser of this this segment of this offseason. And nothing's to say that these can't change or improve as the offseason goes. But the final loser I have is Coach Winston Diltibadir. And you might be looking at me crazy like, whoa, Kane, what are you talking about, bro? What? I click off the podcast. I'm done. Like, no, absolutely no way. No way can't be Coach Winston's out here, like, inspiring us, firing us back up. Listen, folks, I am not saying he's going to be a bad coach. I Quite the opposite. I think he's going to be a fantastic defensive line hire for this program. This is solely from expectations. You have to think about this. Think about this deep for a second. You have a brand new defensive line coach into a defense that has been one of the best defenses in the nation for the past two to three years now. Top 10, top 15 for the past two, three years. But the pressure created was the number one problem for the defense move or in their last season. Last season, creating pressure. Getting home on sacks, that was the number one problem for Minnesota last year on defense, in a top defense in the country. You know that's where people are going to be looking for improvements and wanting to see improvements and wanting to see a huge change, huge change. I want to see lots more sacks, lots more pressure. I want to see chaos down there. Give those quarterbacks panic. I'm with you. That's what I want to see too. You're bringing in a new coach with new high energy. That's fantastic. And what the Gophers need. So Kane, how could he be a loser of the offseason? Well, the Gophers said they were going to heavily go after this position in the offseason. And they came back with one addition as to depart. Now, Chris 
Collins, I'm excited for. He's a 60-year guy. He's been through six years of the strength program. Dude looks yoked. Dude looks ready to go. I'm excited for his opportunities moving forward. And I think he could be a really good guy for the room. But you've got two departing in Sergers hitting the transfer portal again. And then you've got Thomas Rush, who's out of eligibility, who played the most snaps at the edge position. And like I said, it's not simply, it's not, it's not bad that I list him here, but the expectations from fans is going to be, I want to see more pressures. I want to see the D line fixed. And if you have the exact same crew coming back, the exact same crew that struggled, the exact same crew that had the problem area, and there isn't a whole lot of change coming through just the coach that's changing. That kind of sets him up to be like, look, why don't we have more pressures? Well, we don't have anybody new. We still are working through some issues. The talent is there, but these guys aren't bringing it out. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you see what I mean? It's just set up so that he could struggle because it could be just like last year, having the exact same guys playing the exact same position, giving you the exact same results. That could happen. And that wouldn't necessarily be on him. It could be limited at the position. But that said, if Coach Winston can take Ja Joyner and Danny Strigout to the next level, if he can help Trill Carter create interior pressure and be a monster on the inside consistently and help guys, young guys like Anthony Smith, like Devin Eastern, like Trey Bixby get ready to play major snaps in the Big Ten early, then the hype will be unreal for the new defensive line coach and what he can do. There's opportunity to look awesome, but it's also set up for similar results, which is why I would consider it a loser because we could have done more to put him in a better position in his first year as the defensive line coach. That's where I'm at right now. That's where I'm at. And I would love to be proven wrong. But we'll see what happens. I'm hopeful we'll see the awesome. I'm hopeful he'll take these guys to the next level and we'll see what happens. That's going to do it for us today. I'm locked on Golden Gophers. Be sure to hit subscribe. Be sure to like and drop down in the comments below who you think the winners and losers of the offseason are and also what you want to hear moving forward. This is Kane Rob signing off. I'll see you tomorrow. Stay tuned. Row the boats. Gaima. Go Gophers.